Hey, welcome back to this season of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, where we bring you the audio files from the DocSF Experience 2022. I'm Dr. Stefan Obini, your host for this podcast and the founder and chair of the Digital Orthopedics Conference San Francisco. So in this podcast, the first of three, focusing specifically on the metaverse, we're going to hear from Alex Flores, MBA. He is the head of Global Health Solutions Vertical, health and life sciences organization at Intel Corporation. It's so cool to hear what Intel is doing in this space. He'll talk to us about what he considers to be the four technology superpowers and the impact they'll have on healthcare going forward. Let's join Alex on the DocSF stage in San Francisco. In this section where we've got two really interesting presentations for you. Intel, largest manufacturer of semiconductor chips across the globe, and they touch pretty much every technology vertical out there. But to help us understand how this tech-driven transformation is happening in healthcare, we are very fortunate to have their global lead with us here today to help us understand this transformation. And I have to tell you, I've gotten to know him over the last year or so, and he has this very calm demeanor, and he's, he has a dogged interest in the emerging technologies, and he's been working a lot on how we're improving imaging. But I want you to know, he comes with this very cool, calm exterior, but underneath, this guy is a rocker at heart. And I mean, truly, if he had his bass guitar here with us and his dirt bike, we would see what it's really like under there. So please welcome to the stage, Alex Flores. Are any of you asking yourselves, what does Intel do in healthcare? Got a couple of nods. Yep. Yep. I get that very often. So essentially, we play a very unique role across the healthcare ecosystem. What we do is we partner and look for ways on how technology can be used to solve some of the industry's most challenging problems. I'm very excited to be here and thank you for that. I'd like to start off by sharing with you my most recent doctor's visit with my primary care doctor. So back in December, I called my primary care doctor's office and I scheduled my annual physical. At that point, when I talked to the scheduling department, I said to them, I'd like to schedule my annual physical and I'd also like to schedule blood work. And at that point, they said, well, you need to talk to your doctor during your visit to get that blood work scheduled. And I thought to myself, I thought, that's kind of strange for a couple of reasons. First one is, if they're able to squeeze me in, aren't I creating some bottlenecks within the lab? And the second thing is, so if I can't get my lab work done, that means I got to schedule another appointment, got to drive in 30 minutes into the office fast and so forth. But I said, okay, that's fine. So fast forward to February, walk into my primary care doctor's office, usual day, sit down, check in, get handed a paper clip, fill in my paperwork. About 10 minutes later, get called back in. Then my doctor walks in and uh, she confirms I'm here for my physical. And at that point, she also says to me, or I ask her, is it okay if I get my lab work? And she looks at me kind of puzzled. And she says, well, didn't you schedule that when you called in? And I said, I did, but they told me that I needed to talk to you first. So at that point, she looked pretty visibly frustrated. She got up, she said, okay, hold on for a second. She got up, walked out of the office, went across the hall into the lab. A couple of minutes later, she shows up. She says, okay, I was able to squeeze you in. So then she pulls out some paperwork and we go through the, you know, what labs I need to get done and so forth. So at that point, I estimate, oh, we wasted maybe about three to five minutes. I'm thinking to myself, that's okay, we'll, we'll get through this. 
So, you know, we get through the appointment and everything, and then, you know, we're wrapping up and I ask her, oh, by the way, would it be possible if I can review my latest x-ray scans for my back that I did back in December? She says, sure. So she pulls out her paper folder, starts ruffling through, you know, different papers, and she says, aha, here it is. I found it. So she looks at it more closely and she realizes it's my x-ray for a shoulder, for my shoulder that I did over a year ago. So at that point, she's visibly frustrated. She puts it back in, starts looking again. She realizes she can't find it. So then she looks at me and she says, really hate it when the imaging center does not follow up and provide information from my patients. So at that point, she's visibly frustrated. She pulls out her laptop and then she logs into the imaging center, spends a couple of times. She's able to find my file and then we review it. So at that point, I estimated we wasted a good eight to 10 minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, two things. First one is, is this typical of her day? Does it just snowball from here? And then the second thing is I'm, I'm thinking to myself, that's eight to 10 minutes that I could have had some really good dialogue with my doctor about the state of my health. So fast forward and four things that I wanna kind of highlight here during my visit. The first one was analog practices. Lots of examples of that, me physically calling in, me doing some paperwork when I check in. Second one is silo data. My doctor did not have access, readily available access to my latest scans. The third one was around workflow and efficiencies. Again, I'd estimated a good eight to 10 minutes of wasted time that took away from, have, from me having meaningful conversations with my doctor. And then finally, the patient experience. You know, sitting there, watching her kind of go through this, being frustrated, and again, not taking away from the ability to have that dialogue with my doctor. So let's project how this could look in the future. First thing is, you know, I want to give some examples of technology that's available today and what could happen if it's infused and also kind of project with some future technologies as well. First one is around workflow efficiencies. I have a specialist that I see that works for a major research hospital in the Phoenix area. And when I use their app, it is completely seamless. So I can schedule appointments. I can do all my paperwork electronically. I can have dialogue between the nurse and the doctor, and I can have all of my information readily available. Again, this is technology that's available today. Second one is around data. You know, in this case, access to my latest scans. There's technologies available today where I can share my latest scans via QR code on my phone. I had that technology and my doctor had that. My doctor could have seen my scans within 30 seconds but also projecting that in the future where we're using secure federated data that not only allows me to share my data seamlessly, all my electronic health records seamlessly across my entire healthcare ecosystem, but in the future, it'll allow me to opt into different studies that without actually having to disclose my personal information. And in this scenario, it can also benefit um, the different studies that are out there because I'm giving them more data. Finally, looking at more virtualized care, lots and lots of examples of different technology that really is going to enable more collaboration between different doctors, between my primary care doctor and my other doctors and so forth. And then finally, empowered patients. There's a significant portion of the population today that wants to be more engaged in their healthcare. They want to be more 
educated, not only on their current state of healthcare, but where it's going. One example is digital twins. Implementing that digital twin so that you have a roadmap of what your health is going to look like in the future. And what are the steps that you can take now to potentially change that? Now, what I'd like to talk a little bit about is the shift and the shift that I feel the industry needs to really kind of embrace in order to us to propel us in the future. First thing I'd like to say is data. It's estimated that roughly 30% of the world's data is generated in the healthcare industry. It's also estimated that roughly only 3% of that data is turned into actionable insights. Uh, when Dr. Kraft gave his talk yesterday, he was projecting all the different technology that's going to be implemented. The thing that was going through my mind is, is more and more and more data. Data that's going to have to be generated, analyzed, transported. So what we need to do is move from an abundance of unused data to where we have that insights driven by data. Again, through the implementation of different technologies that we've seen throughout this last day and a half that'll provide us those insights. The second one is moving from what I call current state, whereas patients, oftentimes we sit with our doctor and it's a one-way conversation where we're listening, we're implementing what they say, but it's not necessarily always two-way. To going towards a model where we become more empowered consumers of healthcare. We've seen this in other industries, specifically retail, where consumers have really demanded change in that industry. They've demanded that things become more immersive, that their shopping experience is more connected with the store and with their online experience. Siloed productivity. Again, Oftentimes when I have conversations with my primary care doctor, they're not shared with any of my specialists. So how do you build that value creation where you can build that collaboration across the entire ecosystem? And then finally, moving away from this focus of a current state. So my example when I was talking to my primary care doctor was really focused on the state of my health today. Lab work looks great. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Let's talk about your back. Hopefully I'll see you next year to a model where we can experiment, learn and project that ultimately gives me a better understanding of where my health is going in the future and me, what I can do personally to change that. Four technology superpowers. Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger often talks about the four technology superpowers as how they're enabling digital transformation across multiple industries. We're seeing this in retail, industrial, automotive, financial, and we're also seeing it in healthcare, as you've seen many examples earlier this today and yesterday. First one is artificial intelligence. Obviously, a lot of examples happening. If anything, you know, we'd like to see artificial intelligence as assisted intelligence in healthcare, because ultimately what it's really used for is to allow clinicians to focus on their most difficult problems. Second is pervasive connectivity, having that connectivity anytime, anywhere, coupled with the ability to have that ubiquitous compute, whether it's at the edge, whether it's at a rural clinic, whether it's at the pharmacy, whether it's at the home, and then having the cloud to edge infrastructure, the underpinnings of technology that ultimately allows all of that data to not only be generated, but to be transported, analyzed, and stored. 
before I move on to my next section, there's one thing that I do want to leave with everyone. And it's really in relation to the shift that needs to happen in this industry in order us truly embrace that digital transformation. Albert Einstein has a great quote. It says, we cannot solve problems by using the same thinking we used when we created them. This is very powerful because in order for us to really embrace where we need to go in the future, we have to change our mindsets. Now what I'd like to do is give you three examples of digital innovation that's happening today in the industry and where it's gonna be driving us in the future. First one is Care Syntax. Uh, Care Syntax is a company that we use, uh, I'm sorry, that Intel has invested in the past through our capital group. And they're in an excellent example of how they've utilized four technology superpowers. Um, this is a great example of, you know, they've created a digital surgery platform that analyzes data from video, images, devices, and different clinical systems. And it's used to deliver uh, predictive insights in the operating room. So if you look at it, what they're doing is they're using artificial intelligence, they're using connectivity, they're using the compute at the edge, and ultimately that cloud to edge infrastructure that delivers all of this data. And their goal here is to reduce variability in surgeries while improving workflows. This next example is from Proxime. So recently Intel held a uh, joint action meeting and the CEO of um, Proxime was there and she was talking about her company and essentially what it is, it's a technology platform that allows clinicians to virtually scrub into any operating room anywhere in the world. And again, another example of connectivity of that edge to cloud compute. This allows clinicians to um, virtually engage live during operation. They can collaborate real time, things like pinpointing where they could, where the incision goes, um, talking about different techniques and so forth. And then what they can do is they can also store the session, the video later, and it can be used as an educational tool, also a collaboration tool in terms of um, you know, reviewing what they did and so forth. This last example is really interesting for me because it shows the power of collaboration between two industries. So Magic Leap, is a uh, company that has that developed a very immersive platform that's used for augmented reality and they were focused on the gaming industry brain lab partnered with magic leap and what they did is they created these surgical goggles that allows clinicians to digitally immerse themselves um, and help prepare for some very complex surgeries in this case we have an example here of two surgeons from the uc davis medical center that use this technology to better prepare for a very complex surgery where they had to separate two twins that were joined at the head. So they use the goggles to immerse themselves into the different 3D scans of the brain, really try to um, focus and prepare as best they could for this complex surgery. So I'd like to summarize and leave you with three key points. First one is everything starts with the patient journey. I mentioned to you how, you know, my experience, my most recent experience was really just, it left me wanting more because I wanted to have more conversations with my doctor. Technology can really be an enabler to allow us to have those meaningful conversations, to allow us to focus on what's most important. I introduced to you the four technology superpowers as enablers 
again, these are enablers in terms of driving the digital transformation that our industry needs to move forward. And I've also showed you when combining that with different examples from other industries, it can be more powerful in terms of accelerating where we need to go. And then finally, gave you three ex small examples of some innovation that's happening today that's really kind of accelerating us where we need to go in the future. Again, these are just three small examples that are utilizing the technology superpowers that will ultimately allow us to transform as an industry. I'd just like to leave you with this. What technology superpowers do you think are going to help you enable you to get where you need to go in your practice and in the conversations with your patients? Thank you. Okay, let's trade here. Couple questions for you. Yes. Are you gonna be in trouble with Mr. Pat Geisinger? All along the bottom it said confidential intel. Just wanted to check. Oh, you, can, you can okay, ignore that. Good, good, good. good. How's your shoulder? I have a torn rotator cuff, but I'm doing everything I can to avoid surgery. Because I know a few people who could help. I'm sure you do. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. When you asked about those superpowers and you talked about how everything starts with the patient's journey, what would you think if we talked about everything starts actually with the provider's journey? Make sure that it's fun to do this work so that it's fun to have that patient experience. You had that experience where you saw the clinician say to you, you know, the frustration. Yes. So when we put the patient's journey there, where do you put the provider? That is a really good question. Because I'm good at that. Yes, yeah. you're very good at that. And I think what's interesting about that too is there's so much more challenges now with the providers, specifically around the workage shortage, that that's why a lot of these tools, they need to understand how they can actually benefit them in terms of whether it's reducing some of the clinical workflow overload that they have, whether it's reducing um, the number of screens that they have to look for, um, or you know, just helping them automate some of their job so that they can really focus on what they're passionate about and ultimately that's the patient. And what does Intel need from this community so that you can be developing better technologies, better devices, hardware, better partnerships? Just more engagement. A lot of times we work with medical device manufacturers, but we don't get a lot of feedback from the actual clinicians and themselves. So we see this as a perfect opportunity to get that feedback, to really understand what are the challenges that you're seeing and how technology can help alleviate some of those. So beyond feedback, do you want partnerships? What, do you, what else? Feedback, partnerships, um, you know, anything that we can do to engage further. Okay, got it then. So you know how, you know who to contact. This guy is in charge of the healthcare <laughs> vertical at Intel. You're the guy. Yes, All right. the guy. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you. Great to have you here. We hope you enjoyed this presentation and will consider joining us live in San Francisco for DocSF 2023, when we will explore how digital technologies will enhance, support, and enable the expansion of the outpatient surgery arena. Register now to join our mailing list at docsf.health, docsf.health, and be the first to access our limited tickets. DocSF, join the revolution.